0: our hearts are full of gratitude and thanksgiving not only because of the great things that you are doing with us in us and through us but more so simply because of who you are to us you are our ever loving compassionate merciful God you complete us oh God Everything that satisfies us deep within our soul, you give them to us. You provide them to us. Truly, life is without any meaning separate from you. Life becomes a journey without destination separate from you. But Father God, that kind of life was the life we used to live but not anymore because you have changed us. You have made us be transformed. And thank you, Father God. You have placed us in your church where we are strengthened constantly, sustained constantly by your life-giving words. Tonight, I pray that you will bless this congregation in Los Angeles. We have come tonight, O Lord, from different uh, places and from different uh, predicaments in life. Perhaps some of us are weak physically. I pray, Father God, that you will reinvigorate our bodies. Maybe some of us are just plain burdened by the many troubles that are on our shoulders. We pray, Father God, that you will give us respite and rest. We pray that you will strengthen, O Lord, those who are uh, somehow breaking apart. And those who are hopeless, let them see, Lord, a glimmer of hope in your words. Empower your people tonight. For this is why we have come, Lord. Your empowerment is all that we seek. This we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good evening, everyone. And um, I'd like to uh, thank each and every one of you for coming out tonight for our first uh, night of our empowerment. Uh, I'd like to thank um, Brother uh, Virgil. For the invite to speak to you tonight and I brought along with me uh, our uh, pastor from West Cabina, uh brother Angelo this is uh, his first time here and uh, he said he would love to uh, see the work here so uh, I took him along with me tonight to see you so he uh, he is glad that he made it here. Praise and God. he told me that the brethren in Los Angeles are all pretty and handsome. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Some of you are not convinced. <laughs> but, uh, but that's the reality. The Lord has beautified us already. Because uh, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. We're not old. We are not a a, uh, rehash material. We are a brand new material. And uh, as uh, for your servant's uh, ministry, by God's grace, um, the Lord is just plain awesome. And uh, he's the one that sustains me, empowers me enables me I just uh, broke my fast I fasted for four and a half days and uh, even when I fasted on my third day in South Bay I preached in two uh, worship services and then the following mor- uh, morning when I was uh, climbing the, the the ladder at the GMC I noticed that my my, my legs were shaking <laughs> and I said to myself looks like this is a bad idea you know so I literally stopped in the middle of the ladder and uh, but I was able to make it to the top and was able to make it down and then that afternoon I flew to uh, San Jose for their empowerment and um, you know it's tough when you are fasting and you are not uh, somehow changing your workload, and uh, speaking, they say, is uh, is one of the one of the most uh, laborious activity. They say one hour of spirited preaching is equivalent to eight hours of uh, of normal office stress. And I have been speaking since this morning. Uh, But then again, um, you know, I'm here because it's my duty to be a blessing to all of you. And uh, thank you for uh, coming out tonight. Uh, The Lord has strengthened me in my fasting. And, um, you know, when you're fasting, um, and it's been a while since my last uh, fasts. And I've been longing to really fasts. And I couldn't find the opportunity because of my very hectic schedule. Uh, but somehow, uh, after my uh, ministry trip from Hawaii, I was able to, you know, I was, I was um, speaking in Hawaii. And one morning in the devotion, the Lord just impressed it strongly in my heart. Just fast. Just do it. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of you. And so, you know, uh, Friday, uh, Friday morning, I, I decided to just go on fasting. And, um, you know, it was g- great on the first day. On the second day, my body started to feel that, you know, there was something wrong I was doing with it. The third day, that's, that's when the Calvary started. <laughs> on the fourth day, my body was resigned. Okay, it looks like you're not really going to eat. Um, but um, when I was praying, the Lord impressed on me uh, that, um, you know, I, I recognize your sacrifice. And I broke my fast with peace in my heart. And uh, last Sunday, even though, because uh, the, the service went on a little bit uh, uh, farther, uh, but I was not able to issue uh, a senior's call, an altar call. But by God's grace, uh, four people were baptized. And uh, even in our midweek services, uh, it looked like the church was, having a Sunday worship because the church was almost uh, full. And I praise God for that wonderful work. And, you know, we have a few people in our lives where we can literally bear our soul. Uh, Before the start of the service, I was telling Pastor Tess, honey, I am so tired already. And she told me, praise God. (laughs) I thought I I was going to get, why don't you rest? (laughs) She told me, praise God. (laughs) Okay, so much for emote. Uh, But tonight, um, you know, the Lord has a message for all of us. And uh, I'd like to read to you the book of Colossians. Um, Colossians in chapter 1. Colossians in chapter 1, verse 15 to verse uh, 18. Colossians 1, 15 to 18. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Pre-eminent. He might be preeminent. I like it in other translations of the scriptures wherein it reads so that he might have supremacy. He might have supremacy. You know, when someone is supreme, meaning he is way above all others. Leaders are supreme, supremo, meaning he is the one that is high and above all other entities, all other personalities. Praise God. Christ is the supreme of all. And this is an idea and a concept. That we in God's church must embrace our lives must always display the supremacy of Christ over us. In reality, the moment we repented from our sins, the moment we humbled ourselves before God through repentance, what we really did was to somehow permit and allow God to take supreme control over us. Amen. That essentially was really was what we did in essence. In essence, when we repented, we gave up the throne of our lives. Amen. In a manner of speaking, we gave up the supreme con- control and authority and, 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 and dominion of our lives back to God. Amen. In essence, that's what we did when we repented. Because a man in sin is a man who is at war with God. Any man who is living his life in sin is actually a rebel against God. You know, in the Philippines, uh, there, there are communist rebels, insurrectionists. And every day, all they try is to unseat the government, to get rid of the government, to topple. The administration so that they can go in the place of the government that's what rebels do they want to unseat the administration or the government a man in sin is actually a rebel he's always trying to dethrone God he's always trying to unseat God he's always trying to wrestle the power away from God. That's why a man in sin is a sinner. In uh, the book of uh, Romans, wherein it says that uh, we used to be enemies, verse 10, for if while we were enemies, we were enemies. Hmm? The reason we were enemies of God is because. We were always trying to steal the power from God. We're always trying to assassinate God. That's what a sinner does. That's the kind of life we used to do. But the moment we repented, in essence, what we did was give up and surrender and yield ourselves to God in essence we told God I'm no longer gonna fight you I'm no longer I'm not I'm no longer gonna oppose you I'm gonna submit to you I'm gonna yield to you I'm not gonna go against your will anymore you see behind the spirit of sin is the spirit of Rebellion. Satan is the author of sin He rebelled against God As an angel he did not keep his original position And he went against God But he realized his mistake That he was not strong enough for God So God overthrew him Look at that in the, book of, uh, in the book of Revelation, wherein we see here the dramatic portrayal of Satan's, Satan's downfall in Revelation in chapter uh, 12 in verse 7. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. That he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. The ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. So you see there the behind the scenes dramatic account. Of what happened in the cosmic realm. Satan opposed God. He wanted to dethrone God. But his attempts were futile and in vain. God proved him wrong. And he was dethroned. Here on earth, he influenced the minds of the people. That's why all the people of this world fell into his demonic, devilish trap. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why all of us before were sinners. Until now we sin. Until now we sin. Especially those of you who are asleep, you are sinning the most. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You are the greatest sinner. <laughs> but uh, in reality, in reality, that's the a matter of fact. Romans 3.23. But praise God. We are no longer enemies. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We used to be enemies, but not anymore. Yeah. We are now what? Children of God. Amen. And as children of God, we do not fight God any longer. We do not wrestle the power of God from his hands anymore. What we do is we rest. We fall on his loving hands. And so in God's church, there is peace. There is peace. There is Serenity, praise God. Bliss, amen? Because we are no longer enemies, praise God. In God's church, Christ is supreme. Look at that in our texts this evening in verse 17 or in verse 18 of Colossians chapter 1, please. He's the head of the body, the church. That is why in the church, the supremacy of Christ must be most pronounced in God's church. It is in our corporate lives that we must see Christ all the more. It is in our lives that Christ must take supremacy, that he must be preeminent. And this is something that we need to ask ourselves. Whose dominion, whose authority, whose rule is being seen in your life? Is it King Jesus? Is it the supreme God that is seen in your life? Or is it still you? Or is it still your pride? Or is it still our our sinful carnal selves that is being seen? Who is now at the throne of our lives? And this is oftentimes what contributes to our weaknesses. There are Christians who are already in the church, but they seem to be perpetually weak. There are Christians, members of God's church, perpetually weak, always weak, always falling into some kind of pattern of sin. They never seem to understand the ways of the kingdom of God. They are always immature. They're always seemingly shallow in the faiths. The reason is because even though they are already in God's church, even though they are already on board God's ship, they still try to wrestle the power back from God. Hmm? That's why in God's church, in order for us to be empowered, let God rule over us. Let Christ rule over us. In every aspect of our lives, learn to surrender your life unto Him. Never spend a moment wherein you will think and behave and and act as if God is not the ruler in your life. You know, someone has said that the number one handicap of many so-called Christians today is they, they compartmentalize God. They box in God. Oh God, you know, I'm a Christian when, sun, when, when it's Sunday. But on Monday, I am not. I am a Christian, Lord, when times are good. Oh, I love to raise my hands when times are good. But don't cross me. Don't cross me. Hmm. I'm not a Christian. Over my dead body, when times are convenient, they're Christians. But when times are bad, they become badder themselves. They compartmentalize God. Oh God, you are my God. You know, especially when I'm going through some tough times. But, please don't touch my money. It's my money. I'll do anything in the church, but don't touch my money. I work hard for it. It's my money. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But never intrude. In my fishing expedition on Sunday. Some people have that plate, you know, in their cars. I'd rather go fishing on a Sunday. There are people that they box in God. They box in God. They compartmentalize God. They, they, they subdivided their lives into little compartments. God you are my God with my friends look at us we have little halos and you cross them you you get their spot in the parking suddenly they become someone else because you cross them you step on their foot that is something that is actually contradicts our message when we say Christ is supreme in the church, every bit and pieces of our lives must be subjected to his preeminence. That's why worship of God is that most powerful display of God's supremacy. Worship. Worship of God. You see, when you worship, are you still with me? You, you, you do not worship with an ounce of your strength. You do not worship God with a piece of yourself. You do not worship God with a minimum of your resources. Amen. The most ancient command of God to the nation of Israel was this, Hear, O Israel. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. Yeah. Worship the Lord your God with all your, with all your heart, yeah. with all your soul, and with all your might. Yeah. Yeah. There shouldn't be any corner. There shouldn't be any chamber. There shouldn't be any quarters in your life wherein Christ is not supreme. For instance, this coming anniversary, show the supremacy of Christ. God, why would I have a say in my thanksgiving? Why would I have a say? Whatever it is I'm having right now, and it is not much, I hope we are not blinded with the little we have. Can I repeat myself? I'd like to repeat myself. Do not be blinded by the little stuff we have. Amen. Even if you have a million-dollar stash in the walls of your apartment, that is still little. That is just a a, a drop in the bucket. Compared to the immensity of God's Amen. gifts. Hmm? Do not be blinded. Remember, God is God even in the littlest, littlest bits and pieces of our lives. In fact, are you still with me? Amen. That's where we are usually tested. Open times, uh, there are Often we want to be faithful in big things. But in the small things, we kind of dismiss it as unimportant. But in reality, before you can be able to prove yourselves, yourself to be faithful in the big, you must first of all be faithful in the small. Amen. Someone has said, the true Christianity is not tested in the public in open spaces are you following me true Christianity is tested when you are alone are you still a Christian when your bedroom is closed hallelujah (laughs) when you are already by yourself because it's easy to be a Christian it's easy especially you know to, to project the image that you're a Christian because there are people watching you like you are a goldfish in an aquarium. Oh, you know, I've got to be at my best. People are watching. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Amen, amen. But how about when no one is watching? How about when no one is watching? How about when you are already, you know, by yourself? Just you and your private thoughts. Are you still a Christian? Are you still a Christian when you have just a dollar in your pockets? Or you're only a Christian when you have a thousand in your wallet? Hmm? That's why I always kid South Bay brethren when it comes to tithing. We all know the the rule of tithing, yes? Ten percent. So if you have one hundred dollars, how much is your tithe? Are you sure it's ten? It's ten, yes? If you have ten, how much is your tithe? If you have one, how much is your tithe? Huh? No, if you have one dollar, just give it all away. Don't ask for a change anymore. In the Philippines, literally, someone asked for a change from the Asheret. Excuse me, can I have, they call it Sukle. Some people do the dumbest things in the church. When you only have a dollar, just give it all away. God might be so merciful to you because you have no money anymore. He will bless you with something big. But the rule is this. You must be faithful even in small things. Amen. Let God be supreme. Amen. You see, that's how. Are you still with me? Amen. That's how Abraham became the father of faiths. Because he had only one Isaac. He just one. And he, he, he and Sarah bore Isaac. When Sarah was way past childbearing, with today's technology, you can actually have a baby even at fifty years old. But Sarah was way past childbearing age. So when God said, "You're gonna, you're gonna have a son," Sarah, Sarah laughed. <laughs> That's what the come on, God. You have a bad sense of humor. God said, "No, I'm not laughing." You're really going to have a son. So Isaac was born. When Isaac was born, God tested him, said, give me your son. Sometimes it's easy to give away something when you have a spare tire. It's easy to give $20 when you have $20,000. Because you have a lot left to you. But what if you only have $20 left? What if you only have a dollar left? Are you still going to give it? Isaac was the only son. God said, give me your son. Abraham, without any protestations, bound Isaac. Carried him to the sacrificial sites. And took the dagger. And then Isaac said, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Can you, can you imagine that moment? That was tough. Isaac asked, that where's the sacrifice? Abraham said, God will provide. <laughs> he put up the dagger, and he was ready to lunge it to Isaac's heart. God said, Stop just kidding (laughs) just testing you because God saw that Abraham was really bent without any dilly dallying to fulfill his promise unto the Lord actually in the mind of Abraham he considered Isaac dead already that's how sure he was open times we are placed in Abraham-like situation sometimes we don't have money anymore sometimes we don't have much strength left anymore sometimes we do not have opportunities anymore and every part of us is screaming to go to the path of least resistance sometimes we complain God can I serve you a little bit easier Why do I have to serve you with a cross? Why do I have to carry the cross? Can I just wear it? It's more fashionable, Lord. Why do I have to carry it? Why do I have to bear it on my shoulders? Because if you can wear your cross, that means your cross isn't that heavy. A heavy cross is something that you really have to pull it by yourself. Carry it. Christ said, carry the cross deny yourself sometimes you want to go for the path of least resistance but then again that's not where faithfulness is found for instance young people praise God I was told that there are two young people going to amp is that true so who, who are they who are they where's Raphael okay brother Raphael yes I. Raphael and Ruiz yes Praise God that's faithfulness it's easy to praise God when you are always with mommy with Papa yes it's easy to be a Christian when there's always a vehicle to pick you up but what if you have to spend your own money you know riding the train waiting for a bus to bring you to the church it's tougher but praise God God is supreme with much or with little God is supreme. Lord, I'm going to give this $30,000 to you. Lord, I'm going to give this $300 to you. That's all I have left in me. Hmm? That is supremacy. Let God reign supreme. Lord, I have nothing much to give. But I'm going to give myself just the same to you. Because you are supreme. In God's church, Christ is our head Amen. we do whatever it is he says we obey whatever it is he commands all of us must desire to be like Christ Amen. we are living in a world where there are so many demigods demigods you know demigods there are false gods by the way you are right smack in the heart of Los Angeles in Tinseltown. Right? And people here are used to be you know uh seeing the gods of Hollywood. When Pastor Tess and I were flying out of Hawaii, we sat next to the property was it the property brothers? The, they were called the Yeah, Jonathan and the other one. Andrew, yeah. And so, those business class passengers were like, you know, can I have a selfie with you? When he saw me and saw him, our eyes met and said, "Sup, <laughs> sup," and I said, "Big fan of yours. Love your show." I said, "Thanks, man." In one of my flights, um, Ice Cube was Ice Cube was the one who was seated in front of me. Again, the girls were all waiting for him at the tube of the, of the plane. I did not have any selfie with him. When I saw him, we, our eyes met, said, sup. And then he gave me that ghetto look. said, sup, man. Said, I'm good. <laughs> but when Pastor Tess saw Gabby Concepcion, <laughs> Pastor Tess suddenly moved like she was not a pastor. <laughs> That's Gabby. I said, go, go, get off selfie with you. No, I'm shy, Gabby. <laughs> But she couldn't help it. said, Gabi, can you have a photo? I said, <clears throat> Ah, with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many demigods in this world. We follow them on Instagram, we like their, you know, posts on Facebook. But you know what? In God's church we must only have one God and we must all seek to be like God we must be like him in everything why Christ why Christ why should we emulate Christ for one because Christ is the perfect man he's the perfect man you see This is what humanity has been searching for all along. The perfect man. But then again, there is no perfect man. How many here are husbands? Say amen. Okay. Praise God. I know your wives love you. And maybe they see you as the perfect man. You're not. Especially in the morning with your dragon breath. And with your receding hairline, many wives will say, he's the perfect husband. And husbands, when they testify, you know, uh, they talk about many great things. I remember this saying, behind every great man is a wife rolling her eyes. (laughs) 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 We're not perfect, but Jesus is. You know why was Jesus perfect? Because he was the only one who actually got the thumb-up sign of both heaven and earth. In the book of Luke chapter 2, are you following our study? It says, 52, Luke 2, 52, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God And man. Only Christ was able to achieve. This feat. In favor of God and man. In both realms. He was the perfect man. And one of the important reasons why he was. And is the perfect man. Because he embodied God. When he walked the earth. Are you still with me? Yes. When he walked the earth, look at me. People couldn't help but sense that there was something different about this man. Especially those who were, you know, the leaders of their time. That they say, there's something special about this Jesus from Nazareth. There's something out of this world about him. There was something so divine about him. Because he could make miracles. He could forgive sins. And there was something about him that seems to be not touched by the shifting influences of the world. The Bible says that he was tempted. He was tempted. How many here have been tempted? There there are many temptations, many, many, many temptations. Every midweek service, we're tempted to fall asleep. (laughs) Some of you give in to the temptation without any regret and remorse, like... (sighs) I have seen people literally fall from their chair during services because they were sleeping. All of us are tempted and... Sadly, we give in to temptations. How I many among you, you're the tempter? Ooh. you're the tempter. Husband and wives, are you the tempter? You're always provoking your wife to be angry. Nakuno ako inis <laughs> lang kita sa toilet. Christ was tempted. But the Bible says, yet he did not sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Him who knew no sin. Who knew no sin? Unlike us. Oh, we are the Wikipedia of sin. We know all the sins out there. Don't you look at me like you do not know sin. Actually, the more you stare at me like you do not know sin, the more you're saying you're sinful. Christ knew no sin. He knew no sin. The reason he did not sin is because he is God. You see, the Bible says in James, God cannot be tempted by sin, nor does, nor he tempts anyone to sin. So God had no proclivity. He had no inclination at all to sin. He was not stopping himself to sin, unlike us, right? We we were trying to restrain ourselves. When someone cuts us off in the freeway, you know, when someone cuts me up in the freeway, so that I will not say anything bad. I said, "Oh, the new brother in Christ. You should be thankful. You're a new brother." So I give. Sometimes I just give them the hand, not the finger. The hand. I said, God bless you. <laughs> oh Jesus, help me, God. Jesus is not stopping him. Literally, you could tempt Jesus. He's, he will not be moved. He he's not gonna he's not gonna like wink. You know, sometimes that that's how we test our wheels, right? Steering contest. Christ will not bat an eyelash. He has no sin. Nothing in his being, nothing in his body has the ability to sin. That's why when he was on earth, he was being God's son. The fourth watch statement is very definitive. When he was here on earth, he was God for what? Being the son of God. Man for being the son of man. He was the perfect man. That's why if we want to be perfect, we must be like Jesus. Praise God. God. Jesus, number two. Why Jesus? Why be like Jesus? Not only he's the perfect human, but he has demonstrated the perfect human virtues. You see, all of us live by virtues. Unlike animals, they live by their instincts. Hmm? They live by their instincts. Unlike us, we have moral virtues. What is the greatest moral virtue? Love. The Bible says, and these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Is love. The greatest of these is love. You know, in history, they say this is what they're looking for the utopia. Have you come across the word utopia? Utopia. That's the perfect society. The opposite of utopia is dystopia. So, this, the prefix this means broken. So they say, oh, they have a dysfunctional marriage, meaning it's a marriage that is always, you know, doing bad. Oh, it was a dysfunctional partnership, dysfunctional family. Society. Dysfunctional means it's not working right. It's troublesome. Dystopia is when society is breaking apart. Utopia is when society is glued And there is peace and there's harmony. That's what people are aiming for. We're always aiming for utopia. But we couldn't find utopia. We couldn't create heaven on earth. After the first world war, there was a a, a peace treaty that was signed that there will be no more war. Yet second world war happened. After the second world war, United Nations was created so that there will be no more war. Look around us. Our generation has and is engaged in all kinds of warfare. There are regional wars wherein tribes fight against each other, nation against nation. Here in our country right now, blue and red. And in our house, husband and wife, children against parents, friends against friends. We even created a word for that. We called them frenemy. That's how messed up we are. That we fight our friends and we make an enemy of our friends. That's how confused we are already. There's always war. There's always infighting. This is what man is always failing at. But God or Christ, he was the one who has shown the qualities, the qualities of perfect humanity. Love. The Bible says God is love. And in God's church, are you still with me? In God's church, imagine if all of us are like Christ. Look around you. Look around you. Can you look around you? Yeah. Do you love those around you? Yeah. Oh, yes, Bisha, that's the reason I'm seated next to this girlfriend. Yeah. But how about the one who is seated be- behind you? Oh. Nobody's perfect, po. I'm working on it, po. Imagine if all of us in the church will be like Christ's love, and you need to be loving to stay long in the church. Do we have any new members in the church? How many are new members? Raise your hand. New praise God. Welcome, 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 sister. In order for you to stay in the church and enjoy your membership, you need to be loving. You need to learn how to socialize and associate with different kinds of people. Mm? You cannot be onion skinned. You have to be loving, understanding, forgiving. Remember the words of the apostle? If you will have just, just, just one, that's too much already. Life is so short yeah. to fight with someone. And this, this building is so small <laughs> to make it your arena. You only have one exit entrance. <laughs> Definitely you will, you know, cross paths. What's going to happen? Third world war. <laughs> At least in South Bay, we have a lot of. <laughs> but if you want to enjoy your membership, you follow Christ. Be loving, be forgiving. You need a lot of Christ to stay in the church. But if you will insist, if you will insist on on, on doing what you have grown accustomed to, oh no, Bishop, you know. I'm an orphan. I'm not going to let anyone step on me. Not even you. (laughs) Not even you, pastor. People have stomped on me. You know, they have uh, mistreated me. I'm not going to let anyone. But in God's church, sometimes you have to give up yourself. So that Christ will be revealed in us. Amen. The supremacy of Christ. And ultimately, Christ did not only uh, uh, show the perfect human virtues. The ultimate handicap of humanity, which is sin. Jesus Christ did not do it. He overcomes sin by rising from the dead. Amen. In God's church, we must all be like Christ. Be like him in giving. How did Jesus give? The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians 8, it says that he who was rich became poor so that we who are poor could become rich. You know the verse already. You can now go home. <laughs> Let's take a look at that. Hmm. Second Corinthians 8, 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his <laughs> poverty. That's how much you must give. You know, a while ago, we, we, we saw the testimony of the Gabor's, right? Last Wednesday they testified that they got a really big, 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 big clients. God is really awesome. And actually, the Gabor's, even though their business is kind of expanding, yet every Saturday, the whole day, they will go to San Fernando, Moreno Valley Riverside to open up a church the whole day rather than rest spend time with the family they go the whole day and they say it's so hot there but for the sake of building a church that is generosity not only with your monies but with your time with your energy Praise God. We must allow Christ to be seen in our prayer lives. Lately in South Bay, we have been doing extended prayer meeting every Friday. So after the prayer meeting, we would have a break for about 30, 40 minutes so that the brethren uh, could have panera bread and coffee. And then at 10 p.m., we pray again until 11.30, sometimes 12. Extended prayer meeting. Yes. Let God be seen in our prayer. Let God be seen in our evangelism. Let God be seen the way we serve God. The way we relate to one another. The supremacy of Christ. It is when Christ is reigning supreme that we will enjoy the blessings of his kingdom. So, my dearest brethren here in L.A., in your upcoming anniversary, show the world who's the king of your life. King Jesus, God, our ruler, God, our benefactor. Father God, we thank you for these wonderful blessings showing us the supremacy of Christ. Help us, Lord, to live our lives according to him and in subjection to him. Bless every individual soul, Lord, who has come this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.